Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Cimarroni Couture. We have a Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's special that we'd love to present to you guys. Buy one suit at $10.95 or higher and get one at 50% off now until January 2nd. Or buy one entry-level suit at $7.95 and get a shirt for free. Check us out at Cimarroni Couture. That's Cimarroni Couture, 216-287-1522. This is Blood Time. And uh, I want to thank the uh, fabulous Ryan Peters, who led and leads with love. Our uh, guest from the last episode, award-winning athletic director and dear friend of mine. It was a terrific interview, and uh, I really am honored that he was one of our guests so far. Leading with love um, was one of his lessons and, and pretty much the lesson. Today, I'm here with a former and current hero of mine. Uh, he was one of the great wrestlers at Beechwood High School when I was a young man wrestling there. And one word comes to mind when I think of this, this man, it's tenacity and a single-mindedness that he would not be denied. We have today attorney Alan Krause, the captain of the 1973 Beechwood Bison wrestling team and a uh, longtime friend. Alan, welcome. Well, thank you, Peter. You, you give me a lot of honor that I don't know how deserving I am. Well, you know, let me tell you, let me, let me stop you there. But remember, this is from the eyes of a ninth grader, watching an 11th grader beat the snot out of a lot of guys, okay? And I wanted to be you. I wanted to be Mark Haywald. I wanted to be Doug Weiss, right? Okay, and those were all your contemporaries, and you stood, you stood toe-to-toe with those guys. Well, thanks. And those were, those were all good, good memories, and, uh, and they were both great uh, very good wrestlers, and yes. so I, 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 you put me in some really good company with uh, Ryan, and I know some of the other people you've had uh, 
that you've interviewed, and uh, I feel very, very honored to be among this group. But well, we're honored to have you. And Alan, um, you know, obviously we talk about blood time, and we, we discussed it over the last episodes of what blood time means. And blood time is, is really the lessons learned, the foundational pieces that were learned, uh, whatever room, court, field that you were on. And I know that obviously you were in the wrestling room at Beachwood. And you had the Hall of Fame coach that I did, Dominic I. Marino, Coach I. And you learned lessons there. But you had something that most people don't ever face. You faced your mortality. And um, you came through that. And I remember that you came into our room in 2014 when I took over the Beach Wrestling team for the second time. And you transfixed us with that story about how you survived a uh, facing death. Um, and and you, you have taken that and, and in, built an incredible life since then. And so I'm going to turn it over to you. And I'm going to let you just elegantly <laughs> and loquaciously talk about your life and what wrestling meant to you. Well, I, I think one of the, the, the first things you, you know as a wrestler, and especially since we have this common bond and background, is that if you've been through the process and uh, an old friend who you wrestled with uh, calls you up and said, will you uh, do a favor for me? Right. Uh, it's like being in the core, you know. Uh, you will certainly uh, do it uh, f for them, for, right. those, for that basis alone. Mm -hmm. So when I came and spoke to the team in 2014, I think I told you then, and I think I told the wrestlers, my story, um, I, 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 it's not a story that I... I particularly share with everyone I meet because, quite frankly, it is a very old story to me. Of course. I know it is a new story to the people hearing it, but I, and it's not that it bothers me to talk about what I, I've been through. It, I've, I've dealt with that many, many years ago. Of course. Uh, and, uh, but I don't want to define myself by one event in my life. I'm a very fortunate person, and I've had, um, you know, great success in my children and, and sure. my family and in my career. Um, and uh, I think that if we go cir full circle on this, that certainly wrestling uh, was a uh, the foundation that really led to a lot of uh, what I consider to be my success in life. The incident you're referring to merely gave me perspective. I love that. Uh, in life. I love that. So, um, so you start out with a foundation. And, you know, I, I raised three boys, and none of them wrestled. Yeah. <laughs> Go well, figure. Welcome to the club. I got two, and they didn't even sniff them at. So. <laughs> Go figure. They my girl was the jock. Who figured? Go figure, well, right? Yeah. My kids were athletic, <clears throat> but I always felt that wrestling was a sport that had to call you. Uh, well if said. You, if, you, if you didn't have the calling... Uh, then it wasn't something that you're going to stay with. And that doesn't, that's not being critical of people who don't want to wrestle. Um, it's just a very, very special sport that makes demands on you and pushes you beyond uh, limits you ever thought you had. So um, it, I think it's unique in that way. And I couldn't it, agree with you more, Alan. So, you know, I told you before we went on the air that sometimes I will digress so I, I, I remember my uh, my middle son 
uh, had he had heard that I had wrestled and heard various stories, but quite frankly, after an, I was in a plane crash when I was 20 years old, mm-hmm. so after I was in a plane crash, uh, I really had nothing to do with wrestling okay. uh, for a long time, and it was for a variety of reasons, uh, but I didn't. First of all, physically, I, I couldn't wrestle anymore. Okay. But more than that, it it uh, it was that was difficult was to walk into a wrestling room, because uh, when I was in this plane crash at the age of twenty, yes. Um, so there were three of us in this plane, and uh, the two other people, young men who were in the plane, were was my, my former roommate and a very good friend of mine, and uh, my friend was flying the airplane that morning and uh, we had a crash okay. and uh, both my friends were, were killed on impact and yes, tragedy it, it was hor- horrific and mm-hmm. you know listen you know many many years after an incident you know we we think nostalgically or not to be nostalgic about a plane crash but right. but uh, so when I say these were exceptional young men it's easy to say at this point but they were you know, they were really very talented, very bright guys. And I loved flying, and my other friend loved flying, and sure. you know, I I just loved you know, getting up and didn't take much of an excuse to go somewhere. Sure. So <clears throat> they were exceptional young men. And uh, so I, uh, I broke my back okay. uh, in this accident, and it was a, uh, a lower spinal cord injury. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the accident, it probably took a good four years before I was uh, uh, pretty much independent of a wheelchair. Okay. And as you know, I walk with uh, a brace on my leg and I use crutches. Yes. But uh, I, I certainly consider myself very, very, very lucky that, that that's... Um, well, you always I had am. that upper body strength and you had those great, <laughs> those great hips that I remember in, in wrestling. And I remember you at the Scheinbart pool dunking people <laughs> jump jumping in from your wheelchair and still dunking people because you had that upper body strength so i'm thinking this guy's gonna do okay <laughs> and you're probably about 22 at the time so well, yeah. well i certainly remember being at the Scheinbart pool absolutely that was, a, that was a good place to <laughs> that be. was a very good place for the twins indeed indeed as we digress right but it's a good memory from the 70s it was a good memory. Before I was in this accident, I was still working out, although I was not wrestling on a collegiate level. I was actually working out at local high schools, and I was in pretty good shape. Sure. And um, so, and I have told this to some people. Mm-hmm. So when the the crash took place, it really, I think, uh, my my I survived. I believe because I was in great shape, right? And ironically, I had these very thick, strong legs. Yes, you did. Which, which I, right. well, how many short guys threw the legs? Exactly. <laughs> and, but you also had a, an explosive single, if I, I remember correctly. Good single, yes. good double. So I was able to brace before impact and. But yeah. you know, so much has happened to of me, course, Peter. Of course. And really, I, I. I don't know why I remember that, I, though. It's so I don't wild. Know but, but, but I remember him just like literally but, being folded in half because you were just perfectly in line with his belly button. <laughs> you, just, you just destroyed him, well, man. I, I was physical as, uh, you were. as a young man. And I think um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I've had people 
years later uh-huh. uh, asked me questions like that. Do you remember when you did this, this guy, or you did right. this in this wrestling match? Right. And it's not like I have such a bad memory, but I have to tell you that it, I, I will talk more generally about wrestling and coaching and, and what it's meant to me, but on, a, uh, on that type of... Um, detailed level mm-hmm. it 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 doesn't mean as much to me i got it uh at one time i was uh interviewing this is many years ago after i'd become a lawyer and i was interviewing a uh, young lady about a case and she, in the middle of the interview she looks at me she says what's your last name right. and i said it's it's kraus uh-huh. Did you wrestle? <laughs> I said, well, yes, I did. I of said, course. with kind of pride. And of course. She, says, she said, you know, I'm from Richmond Heights. <laughs> so exactly. the listeners won't know that Beachwood and Richmond Heights at that time had sure. a big wrestling rivalry. Yeah. They had a great coach, Coach yeah. Paporis. Yes. Was a, a wonderful, wonderful coach. And, wonderful and, guy. You know, so you mentioned Doug Weiss. So uh-huh. you know, Doug Weiss and I... Uh, when we were in eighth grade, because Beachwood was seventh through twelfth grade, right. uh, so as eighth graders, uh, we were starting on uh, the junior varsity team. Okay. And my recollection is that Coach I, Coach I Marino, mm-hmm. had to um, forfeit every one of our matches because we were too young, of course, uh, to do that. But so I knew Coach Paporis from, mm-hmm. like, from eighth grade on. Sure. He knew me. Meanwhile. So this gal, you know, she says, oh, you're... By the way, that question is a Cleveland question. (laughs) Because you don't get that down in Columbus back in the day, and you surely don't get that in Cincinnati or any other cities. But it's a Cleveland question. Did you wrestle? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's one degree of separation with wrestling. Right, right. right. Absolutely. Cleveland. Absolutely. So uh, this gal says, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Krause. Yeah, you wrestled for Beachwood. I Mm -hmm. said, yeah. I yep. did. She says, oh, yeah, we hated you. <laughs> <laughs> you used to smile at the crowd when you were pinning guys. <laughs> so she remembered this. Absolutely. So I, I, yeah. in my senior year, I wrestled this guy. And, and if I think about it, I remember his. Wokely. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, he was the quarterback who just came out for one year. I remember yes. that. He, yeah. was he the, thought he was a hot shot. He, he, yeah. was, he was the captain, and he right. was the, the hero of the team. Right. And, uh, yeah, Wokely. Yeah, listen, I'm sure he was a very nice guy. Uh-huh. I apparently was not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't you know. I, I'm sure I wasn't. But uh, uh, it was my senior year, uh-huh. and we were at Richmond Heights. I remember that the place was yeah, that always was, the, was. Those days were, you know, always was sold out, you yeah. know, and uh, so he was really the fair-haired boy, yes. and uh, and I, uh, I, I did do a thing <coughs> where uh, I would, uh, and I, I specifically did it with this particular guy where I smiled at him, and uh, when I did that, you know, he got he lost his cool sure so it was all tactic just to really get him upset because once you lose your cool yep as we were coached then yep. you lose your match so i it, it, you know and i did other things that i'm not really proud of in that match in terms of i just should have pinned him and, and been classy but i wasn't and so meanwhile so right after uh, they raised my hand i went over to shake coach paporis's hand because i 
I knew him for a long time, and I look over, and they're restraining him from coming after me. Oh my gosh! He, he oh wanted. My gosh. Yeah, I remember yeah. this. Well, he wanted yeah. to kill me. Yeah. And I didn't. So I was like 18 years old. I didn't. I, I didn't understand. Right. Right. I wasn't 18 yet. I was 17. I didn't right. understand why he was so upset because I was so stupid and young. Right. But uh, but I got it later. Sure. So so we talk about we're talking about wrestling and coaching mm-hmm. and so what it means so you know we were both for you and i were fortunate to have someone like coach i and i've talked Excellent. about this in public because he just had a uh, uh an ability to handle difficult people yes he did. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know i was wrestling you know sure. these were jim weird. dotson eric mart indeed <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. we were all kind of And you know, characters. it was the time, though. It was the time, right? I mean, didn't we all, we were just starting to feel our humanity, right? We just, we had come out of the summer of 69, Absolutely. right? The summer of love. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were children of that. Right. You know? So, no, I think. And we were just feeling our, we were just well, feeling what, what, what could be possible. I think you put your finger on it. Sure. I, I don't think that, uh, um. People appreciate that you know the children of the late sixties and seventies. The turmoil know, the we turmoil were raised in, with in culture yes, and yes. what was going on, and yet here we were in a, a, a discipline, uh-huh. a sport that required the th- a tremendous amount of discipline and commitment, yes. Yes. and to be a coach, uh, trying to control the energies of teenage boys under in, in that atmosphere was difficult and you know the thing about this I'll interrupt you again is that the class of 73 had some great intellects oh yeah we Alan did. Brown right I mean oh, you that did your whole homework t- well that whole t- well you know again remember I'm a sophomore right yeah, when, yeah, you're, yeah. when you're a senior yeah. so um, Alan you had Jim Dotson who literally was doing I don't know crazy like Ohms and, and yoga and <laughs> before everybody knew what the heck that was and we were coming out of the Bruce Lee era yeah. you know where you're getting in touch and saying be like water what does be like water mean you know so all this philosophy was coming through and also coming out of the 60s where we saw tanks on 110th and Woodland that's true the armed guards the, 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 the National Guard had just killed some of our brethren at Kent State right. two years prior great, so, great know, social unrest indeed and so to to, to to try to be a hard nose, you know, disciplined wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. But to be a hard—I was going to say—to be a hard nosed coach and try to control mm-hmm. a group mm-hmm. of wrestlers at a place like Beachwood, who right. were aware of all this stuff. Maybe at other schools they were also right. uh, would have been a challenge. So here's my obs- one of my observations: having raised three kids, all who were involved in athletics and were exposed to all kinds of coaches, sure, and um, and having to talk to them about various coaches, and just from what we read uh, in in the newspaper uh-huh. <laughs> or on, on the internet all well, the time, course, yeah. the good and the bad coaches can do. Sure. Unfortunately, a lot of times we read more about the bad in recent well, history. Well, that sells and clicks and all, you know, right. whatever whatever uh, but, media we're talking about. But I think about. the takeaway is mm-hmm. that coaches have a tremendous uh, influence upon young minds. No doubt. Because they, they, they're telling us how to do things, mm-hmm. uh, they're, uh, they're instructing us, and they, they really uh, are very influential. Absolutely. And it could be a terrible experience for some kids, or it can be a great experience. Yep. I think I can talk to people who went to Beachwood. 
was for the most part a great experience. It was. It took, took, you know what? And we we talked about over the last episodes is about that coaches are a third party endorser of the foundational pieces that the parents are bringing to the child. Oh, that's a, I, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> and sometimes they're the only voice. So so they have this incredible responsibility, okay, and power that they're the third party endorser or they're the only voice. And so when you have both of that, you better pay attention to what you're doing because you're you're molding young lives. Yeah. You know, spoken so. like a coach who's really given us some thought. Indeed. So you've Indeed. done. I don't so. take it. I don't take it lightly. You, you I don't capriciously at all. You can't. But I think uh, someone like uh, uh, Dominic Imarino. Yes. A lot of it was intuitive. Absolutely. You know, he he was just intuitive uh, on a lot of this stuff. And he was just a natural leader. He he well, yeah. he was a natural leader, and he could take a guy like Alan Krauss, who you know, what's the deal with this guy? And <laughs> you know, and 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 keep him reined in yet, and mm-hmm. encourage him and inspire him sure. to work hard and to understand, at a time of cultural upheaval, yes. that discipline and hard work. Is what's going to get you to a goal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we talk about coaching and what it can do, and what it can't do, and, mm-hmm. and how it can harm. Uh, I know you understand this, uh, having coached all these years. But I, <coughs> I, I had to talk about this with my kids because sometimes they didn't have the best coaches. Sometimes they had some exceptional coaches, right. and I said, you know. First of all, fortunately, I, I'd like to think that in, in our house, you you get a lot of instruction from your parents. So if you are exposed to a coach that's not so good, you can talk to us and we can say, "Hey, don't worry about it so much," you know, because okay. you're going to have good coaches and bad coaches in life. You're going to have good like human bosses, beings, indeed. You know, yeah. Good, you know. But if you get a good coach in a sport like wrestling, it really can set you up for some great success. Mm-hmm. So, so I was in this this plane crash. And uh, so uh, here I was. I still was defining myself to a great extent, although I always was a reader and I and I like to believe I was a thinker, but I was still a kid. Right. Um, but I defined myself physically. You know, I was a wrestler. I you know you I I could work hard and I could do these things. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but you know, so but when you wake up and you're you know like you're you know, in a wheelchair, yes, you got to. You got to think about okay, so where does that leave me? Right. You know, how do I define myself going forward, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> how do I recover uh, from this uh, trauma? Right. And the lessons I learned from Coach I and some other coaches um, uh, got, I think, got me through a, a great deal of the hard stuff. Um, and it had to be a tremendous amount of hard stuff. Well, it was uh, hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I mean, just redefining yourself as a human. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't tell you that it was, you know I was the next day okay. We're just <laughs> yeah, going right, to right. get up uh, and, yeah. and beat this thing. But yeah. I had the you know I had great parents. I had uh, brothers, sure. and they were all on my side. But I also had this this basic training. As I started wrestling when I was about ten, wow. ten when Doug and I. Wrestled the Heights YMCA, right? And, right, uh, right, right. and Eric and some of us mm-hmm. who did this, but uh, I uh, uh, I was able to use those those life lessons mm-hmm. and and really um, 
trying to recover mm -hmm. uh, physically and, and emotionally mm -hmm. from from this trauma. Right. And um, and it, and, it, and it really was in instrumental. Sure. And I I'm not saying that you have to be a wrestler to recover from having your back broken. No, There's of lots not. of people who of recover from these injuries, but I think I think you need a certain type of uh, foundation okay. uh, when it comes to working through. Th like the thing about wrestling is that, <coughs> and also re recovering from what I had to do, uh -huh. was doing something beyond what you thought you could do physically. Right. right. So even now, uh -huh. you know, when I work out. Yeah, you know, now I got some young guy who, who I pay to beat me up in a gym. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, I say to people, if I were a little bit more disciplined, I wouldn't need some pay somebody <laughs> to beat me up. And it's a little, it's actually a little creepy because it's you know, you know, there are people who pay to get beat up, yeah, and it's funny, but that it's not funny. like that at all. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, I guess. But uh, uh, so you know, my trainer will say, uh, "Do you think you can just fill in the blank?" Right. Right. I said, listen, anytime you ask me the question, mm -hmm. do I think I can do something, the answer will always be the same. The answer is yes. Exactly. Now, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm going to go for it. If yeah. you ask me, do you think you can do this? Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I, I may fail, <laughs> but I believe I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> See what I'm here. I'm here. Right? I'm here. I'm here. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful That's a beautiful sentence. <laughs> That's a beautiful sentence, and uh, you know it's amazing because what uh, I I have garnered from uh, knowing you over all these years uh, and seeing you transform your life is, and, and we talked about tenacity, but it's also about that self love, that self belief, that I think probably gravitated you to the sport of wrestling. So maybe you were just born to be a wrestler. Maybe. Maybe. I don't it, know. It yeah. could be. I mean, I was physical. Uh -huh. uh, when I played football, I, uh -huh. I have to admit, I liked being a linebacker. I know you did. I liked tackling people. <laughs> right. But what I liked, I think what also appealed to me about wrestling, uh -huh. and it ties into what I do today, uh -huh. is I, I appreciated... Um, the strategic part of wrestling. Sure. I'd like the... Uh, the intellectual part. I'd like the intellectual yeah, part. Yeah, I love that too. I'd like the... To the me, angles, the, the the strategy. Setups. Yes, the setups. I always, you know, I always love takedowns. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting what you're talking about, the mind games, because I was a 152-pound center, so I had to play mind games against the guys who were over me. But I, I learned it from you and from Haywald. And Haywald used to do a thing where he would look like he would line up when the guy was down and he was on top. He'd look like he'd line up to the, to the left and go to the right. So he would always play that mind games. And he was a state champ, but it was interesting because I thought to myself, this is intellectual. This is a chess match as well as this brutal ballet, if you will. Right? Hand-hand well, combat. It, well, it, absolutely. Uh -huh. And I'll tell you, the guy um, who really opened my eyes to that part, you talk about Mark, is when uh, Rick Saunders, oh my gosh. the uh, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate, the silver, silver medalist from the '72 Olympics, yeah, '72 Olympics. But he was yeah. also a uh, silver, a world champion. Yes, he was. Prior to that, he was a world champion. He might mm -hmm. have been silver. I mean, Rick Saunders was, uh, you know, a, um, 
an incredible wrestler, yeah. and he was a character too. Yeah. And uh, and so when he spent the, a year with Mark, right. um, I had the opportunity because Mark and I beat the crap out of each other all the time. But then we also would go to other high schools yeah. with Rick, right. and you know having this this you know at that time. The, he hadn't been in the Olympics yet. Yes, exactly. He was getting ready for the Olympics, but right. he was a real character. And some of the old coaches weren't fond of him because he was, you know, kind of a hippie-ish guy. Sure. But the truth of the matter is, you know, he would try to, Rick would portray the, or put out this image that he didn't take it seriously and all this right. other stuff. But right. then Mark would tell me that he would get up really early in the morning ride, and, and go run for six miles or five miles. Sure. So he did the, the work, and he came from that disciplined background. But when I was working with Saunders, and I think he did the same thing with Mark, he he showed me how you really could be so strategic in this sport, and I and I really appreciated it. So, so here I am, a lawyer, yes. and, and I'm a, you know, I'm kind of a dinosaur because I'm a, I'm a general litigator. Okay. So I go to court yeah. and I try cases, I try to settle cases, I do all kinds of different things, but um, just like with wrestling, right? Uh, trial work uh, is all about preparation. Of course. It's all about doing the work before you're in trial, yeah. just like you do it in the. the you do all your training in the training room. That's where you're in your practice room, and and then it's strategic. It's strategic. Strategy. It's yeah. all strategy. Yes, you know yes. it's, and it's also wanting to compete. And, and it's confidence too. It's wanting because to you, compete exactly because you're <laughs> because you're prepared and you're ready to compete with the strategy. And, and then after that, just uh -huh. like with wrestling, uh -huh. if you. It, it, Listen, I, and I used to tell this to my kids. They just probably thought it was, you know, they're dancing, dance stuff. Mm -hmm. I said, if you if you prepared, mm -hmm. and you and you give it your best effort, and it doesn't work out your way, yeah, what are you gonna do? Exactly. Maybe you weren't supposed to win that exactly day. Right. Maybe that guy's a better fill in the blank than you. Right. And and, and that's okay. And, yep. and you'll learn. And and that's the other lesson that I learned from wrestling. You lose, you lose. You lose you Deal lose. with it, buddy. Very honest sport. It's the honest. It's the, it's the most honest sport. There's nowhere to hide. So, so these you know. are great mm -hmm. for me, because mm -hmm. I can only talk about for me. But I think other people share the experience. So for me, it's it's you know understanding that there are things that are beyond your control, and you're going to meet some people who are better than you uh, in terms of their skills, yes. or maybe they're in the the legal. Arena, maybe the facts are such that you're not supposed to win, but you're always supposed to give it your best, and you're supposed to prepare. That, that's, that's what you got to do. You know, and Alan, I'll tell you, I, I tell the guys that if your best is to be a 500 wrestler, you're my hero. And if your best is to be third in the state and you take fourth, we got to talk. We got to talk. Well, I think you put your finger on something you know, you know to, I mean? when it comes. The coaching, mm -hmm. and uh, again, I, I when I think back on my my lessons and mm -hmm. and what I was exposed to, one thing that I I knew but appreciated greater uh, to a greater extent when I got older is the coach who who you know treats all his athletes absolutely the same absolutely you know so you could be the stud of the team yep. But you're not going to be treated any differently than the guy whose best effort is a 500 wrestler. Right. 
that's the only way you can do it Absolutely. to be a be a good coach. Absolutely. If you don't do that, I think by definition you're a bad coach. You're a bad coach. And I also think that's what I Marino did. Absolutely. I think that he, he didn't. Listen, we all knew who good wrestlers were. You yeah. know, we all knew Mark Haywald was a great wrestler. Right. But I don't think I'm Reno said, oh, you're a great wrestler, so you don't have to do 30 laps. No, quite the opposite. No, it wasn't going to happen. No, quite the opposite. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And he taught me that. I will just tell you that this, this also sticks in my head in more recent history. So. More right. recent history for an older guy. It's like 20 years ago. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Right. I was yeah. sitting in the... Like st- the 90s. It's like recent history, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Isn't it? <laughs> I know. I, what? what happened? Yeah. I, was in, mm-hmm. I was sitting in, this, in a, one of the many gyms I uh-huh. sat in, uh-huh. and this is when my son Alex was, was wrestling. Right. And uh, so I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm talking to uh, some father there who's watching his kid. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Nice guy. I said, "Oh, I said, uh, did you wrestle?" Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, but I wasn't very good." Okay. That's what he said. He's like dismissing. I wasn't okay. very good. Right. I said, well, "Let me ask you a question." Right. Because I wrestled. Yeah. I said, uh, "Did you ever miss practice?" Yes. Oh no, there I didn't miss go. practice. Yeah. You didn't miss practice. Right. I said, "Did you did you work hard at practice?" Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I worked hard. Right. And when you went into a match, did you work as hard as you could? Well, you know I did. I said, dude, you're in the club. Exactly. Without question. Because you're part of the court. You're, yeah. you're yeah. in the club. Right. Because that's that's all you take away. Yes. You know, that's yes. all you take away. Yes. I, uh, yes. I, I, I really meant what I said to this guy. I said, you have nothing be ashamed of you weren't a good wrestler and I said anyway I said aren't you aware of the 10-year rule yeah he said what do you mean the 10-year rule yeah I said yeah yeah there's a 10-year rule right he says what I said it's the it's the state champion rule (laughs) (laughs) 10 years later everyone was a state champion (laughs) or at least second in the state right I can't tell you how many times second in the state no you weren't but that's okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. It's like, who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Ex- who except cares? the people who can walk up. I had one other guy. Uh, I don't even know what this happened. You know, one other guy, you know, one of these things, a guy walks up to me. He goes, you're crap, aren't you? Yeah. I said, yeah. I can't <laughs> deny it. He said, I wrestled you. And he tells me, like, the date and time. I feel you know, like, like, like years ago. <laughs> yeah. you know, and you beat me by one point. Oh, wow. You know, wow. I did pretty good that day. That's right. I didn't. I don't know what he's talking about. I know. I said, I'm sure you did great. I know. If I didn't pin you, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I didn't say that. Exactly right. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I remember vividly this moment in time when Saunders, Jimmy Carr, Mark Haywald, hmm. Doug Weiss, and you were all in the same room going at it. Oh. <laughs> and I said wow. to myself, and I was a ninth grader, and I said to myself, I got to watch this. Because we had two Olympians and you guys. And it was like a bunch of Tomcats going at it, man. Yeah. It was, the fur was flying everywhere. And it, it uh, you know, as a young man, uh, it really in, inspired me to, to be s- something in the sport if I could be, you know. It was pretty cool. Well, I, you know, I. I I said my kids didn't wrestle, but of course my middle son Alex did wrestle. Right, and uh, and so here's the irony of certain things that happen in your life. So when I was like 
nine, nine and a half, whatever it was when I started this. And the person would remember is Doug, because if he ever listens to this, he knows he remembers everything. Of course he does. But uh, um, Just get him in Starbucks, he'll tell you. He, he does. He's scary. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's scary what he mm-hmm. remembers. But um, there was no youth wrestling for us to go to. Right. We lived in Beechwood, so in order to find youth wrestling, we went to the Heights YMCA. Yep. That's where we went, because that was the only close by youth wrestling. So, um, so so fast forward many years. I live in Cleveland Heights. I've okay. lived in Cleveland Heights for thirty four years or whatever. Love the Heights. So when my son wanted to wrestle, and I had not had anything to do with wrestling really since my accident. So this is many years later. Right. I said, well, let me make some calls and let me see what's going on. And um, so the first thing I find, you know, this doesn't surprise me. As soon as I start calling wrestlers it's like I never left the room exactly it's like I never <coughs> left the room right. and I find out that there is no YMC wrestling at the heights uh, the best youth wrestling that's nearby is Beachwood yeah, I go I, I can't I, catch a break here <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you gotta go back to Beachwood I gotta now. go you to Beachwood to so yeah. I, I remember walking into the uh, the gym right. uh, with my my son and uh you know, all these guys were there that some were new and make new friends like Ryan and Scott sure, Peters. Sure. Uh, you're around and yep. Ronnie Madow, oh, one of the early God ones. Bless him, yeah. yeah. Right. And again, it is so embracing because and I kinda get myself chills. I feel you. But but I uh I I really I felt like, oh my gosh, I've been transported. It's right. like nothing has changed and Coach I and and mm-hmm. they all love my son. Right. And um, and you're back into the family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And right. and he uh, and he had quick success because he was my kid. No, of course. No, because <laughs> because you know he had good coaching yes. uh, at at Beechwood. Um, but I remember he was also a very good hockey player. Sure. And he was coming up to ninth grade, and. Uh, uh, and he had to make a decision: yeah. Is he going to wrestle or is he going to play hockey? Right. And uh, uh, ultimately, he came up to me, probably before he started ninth grade, and he said, uh, "Dad, I uh, I've made a decision." Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew what his decision was. He says, "I I'm going to stay with hockey." Right. And then after I beat him up, he still. You put him in a front headlock, choked him out, woke him back up, and you say, "Are you sure?" (laughs) I think you know. Yeah. I I said, "Honey, I don't care what sports you you go with. First of all, you now have experienced wrestling." Sure. And uh, I remember we were going down to Columbus for the Tournament of Champions. You know, the the largest uh, one-day tournament of the country. And with Scott Peters, of course, <laughs> and uh, um, Alex had to weigh in, and there was some concern. Okay, and uh, so he, you know, he was cutting yeah. some weight. Sure, and uh, you know he, he was doing it, and I remember driving to Columbus, and I said, "How you doing?" He says, "I'm fine, Dad. I wow. got this. Yeah. I got this." Okay, and I said, uh, "I said, just think. Here you are." Mm-hmm. At this age, and uh, I'm not saying cutting weight maybe is the, and he wasn't cutting a tremendous yeah, amount. I, I mean, it was yeah. he was doing it in a healthy manner. I said, right. but 
you're having an experience in a discipline that few kids your age are having right, right. now. And you're, with and a fantastic you're, coaching staff. And you're, and, you're, and you're approaching it with, this is something I can do, yep. and I can be disciplined. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> we, we had a, <laughs> there was a term that we, we used from this book that we read. Uh, right. It's an old martial arts term. It's called eating bitter. Okay. Eat okay. Bitter. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and he was. He said, "Yeah, I'm eating bitter." I'm eating bitter. Dad. Eating bitter. I said, "Yeah, you are, buddy." I love it. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, Dad yeah. knows that a little bit, right? Dad knows that a little bit. Yeah. Well, Alan, this has been a absolute beautiful moment in time. I really, oh. really am honored and appreciative that you spent this time with us and shared uh, the stories of your life and uh, what coaching meant to you and the sport meant to you. And uh, and did so so elegantly. Well, thanks. Uh, and and you know I, you know again, Pete Cimarroni calls me. I was like, "Will you do this for me?" Oh, God love The you. answer is yes. God love <laughs> and as you. long as it's legal. Exactly. <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> no question. It's legal. Is less yeah. Because that's what happens with wrestlers. Yes. That's and the deal. I want to thank you again. And uh, you know, I, again, not only does the word tenacity ring uh, true with with this this chat, but also. Uh, I just, again, uh, love. Uh, you know, you just exude uh, a self-love that um, is rare today, and it, it's so healthy. I mean, it's just been a very healthy 40, 45 minutes that I've spent <laughs> with you, and I really, really appreciate that. So thank you very much for, for, for coming here. This was Blood Time uh, with Alan Kraus. We are blood. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. I want to leave you with this thought of the day. Do what you love with alacrity as the good servant.